Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls. I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. Presented by First Light, creating proven, versatile hunting apparel for the stand, saddle, or blind. First Light. Go farther, stay longer. And now, your hosts... KC Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rutfresh Radio, y'all. I'm your host, KC Smith, and you probably noticed, but a cold front rolled through last week. It was awesome. A lot of big deer went down, and there's a lot of positive reports. However, acorns or acorns, depending on where you're at in the country, are starting to fall. Does it have a positive or negative impact on your hunt? This is Rutfresh. Let's go. Welcome to Rut Fresh Radio, everyone, brought to you by First Light Gear. I'm your host, KC Smith. Tyler Jones is in the building, and Mark Kenyon is on the phone. Apparently, hey, hey. the boss is here. I, We're not sure which one that is. Well, you said the king is in the building, oh, or the I king. said that earlier. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just said I'm in the building, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> a number of whitetail bucks have gone down so far this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Congrats to all. Who have participated in said thing. One of these people on the phone right now, <clears throat> or on the podcast, has shot more whitetail bucks than the other two. So, doing what we do, I think that would, like, kind of point to kingship, wouldn't it? <laughs> how, does that, how does it work, exactly? Mark, weigh in. So, I, I'm totally <laughs> lost right now. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. Um, but, but I, you know, I feel like this is like when you've got a, a get-together with, like, all your friends, and your friends all have kids, and then if the kids are of a certain age, they can go all play in the other room. Mm-hmm. And so you mostly just let the kids play on their own in the other room. But every once in a while, you realize, like, oh, it's weirdly quiet over there. I need to go and peek my head in. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I've been doing with the with Wired Hunts for Fresh Radio. I let the kids go play in the room for a while, but this week, I was like, I need to get my head back here and see what the heck Tyler and Casey are doing. And now that I've done that, I realized that I had ample cause to be concerned. Have you ever <laughs> peeked your head in the door and then realized one of those kids is big and then they like wedge your head in between the door and the door frame with the door and <laughs> smash it a few times? That's, that's yet to happen. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, just know hopefully that it's within the realm of possibility, Mark. Hopefully that's not in the cards. Um, but I think I think what you're trying to say is that Tyler's killed more deer than me this year. Therefore, he should be the king of Wired Hunt. Is that what I'm trying I don't on? think he really wants that position. But uh, no, no. <laughs> you can maintain it, Mark. We'll let, we'll let you have it. Uh, well. But lots of good things have been going on. Uh, once we get make it past our I'm still lost. middle school banner. Uh, <clears throat> but... Uh, uh, yeah, you've been doing some hunting, huh, Mark? Apparently a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what this these shows are supposed to be about, right? Sometimes. Reports from the field. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've been out seven of the last eight days here in Michigan. And uh, yeah, have been seeing a lot, have been um, hunting myself, and then also mentoring a couple new hunters for mm-hmm. four of those days. So yes, I've I've had some interesting some interesting observations I can share, uh, whatever you want me to share. 
I want to know how your mentored hunters did. Well, we had a fun hunt. Uh, unfortunately, nobody killed a deer. They were trying to kill their first deer with a bow, both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so didn't actually fill a tag, but they both had their closest call ever with Good. a deer. Um, so they both, you know, I think had a really cool uh, experience. They both learned a lot. And both came from you, you know, or like just a, like from being in the woods. <laughs> Hopefully, a little bit of both. <laughs> Good. No, I, I, we're we're poking fun, but I I bet they were very appreciative to have yeah. you in the woods. If nothing else, you spend a lot of time in the woods, right? And are these kind of yes. newer hunters? <clears throat> yeah. So these cool. are two guys who were who were new, brand new hunters two years ago, and I was actually with both of them um when they killed their very first deer ever this was a field to fork program uh that we host over on the back 40 and so i I got to mentor both of them separately back in 21 both killed the first deer with a gun um and then the year and a half or two years since i've continued to stay in touch with them and try to help them on their journey and we went out together again last year and then this year we came back to the back 40 and i was hopefully going to give them that final training opportunity and, and was hoping we could get their first deer of the bow now that they've started bow hunting uh, mm-hmm. but didn't didn't quite come together but man it was close about as close as you can get that's cool well and if you're listening and you don't know what the back 40 is there <clears throat> was a series on meteor that we'll link to in the show description uh that kind of chronicled a little bit of the uh land stuff there on the back 40 for for two years i think right mark yeah, two years. Um, and then now since then, that property is being used for a lot of hunts like what you're referring to. So pretty cool deal. I actually saw in your story that y'all were out there on the back 40. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I, I kind of put it together. You know, I should have kind of remembered that. But, um, you know, when you said that, I was like, that's pretty – and apparently looking pretty nice out there, huh? Yeah, it really is. The, the habitat is is looking great. That transformation that we started – back like five years ago has been continued now by the national deer association so the volunteers have been doing a great job it looks awesome i mean it looks like a deer and wildlife paradise now what's interesting and i'll just kind of jump right in here with a little bit of an observation for you guys that might be useful for other people um you know we had all sorts of beautiful secluded green food plots tucked in the middle of switchgrass like this the whole farm is now like really thick prairie and switchgrass, like incredible cover everywhere. There, there's nothing that's not great cover now, except for these tucked away food plots, which are then tight next to timber bedding too. So, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better early season setup. Um, and there's, as far as we know, has not been anyone in there in three weeks. But despite that, almost nothing was keying in on the green food plots. Like we saw very, very, very little deer activity in the food plots. And the little bit that we did see was, very, very late, like the last couple minutes of daylight. Um, what we did see, uh, there's one camera that the NDA has out there, and that camera was on a red oak tree, and there were deer hammering the red oak acorns. Um, and so that was kind of interesting to see that they're really keyed in on those acorns. And that's something that I've seen on my other spots that I personally hunt. Uh, I've got cameras on a couple spots like that, and it can observe a couple spots like that. And same thing, like my cameras that are on green plots, not a whole lot of activity spots with acorns a lot of deer so that's not a huge surprise right at this mm-hmm. time of year that's pretty common but it's it's very exaggerated i feel like right now i think most people that you guys have talked to over the last couple of weeks and that i have have all talked about the bumper crop of acorns across big parts of the country and i think that's the case like there are a lot of acorns out there and deer are really getting after them so you know that's been something that i've actually last night i tried to key in on that very thing i said all right you know it's i've got plots i could hunt but i'm going to dive into the timber right next to where my target buck lives and there's an oak flat in there that historically there's been a lot of deer in and uh and i thought i'd give it a swing in there and, and count on him keying in on those acorns i'd actually seen two semi-mature bucks doing that on the second day of the hunting season here in michigan from afar i could see them working the edge of these oaks um, so, so that's something I've been trying to do myself. So <clears throat> you've been hunting quite a bit, which, uh, <clears throat> I didn't know that, uh, you still had that passion as much as you trout fish. <laughs> um, 
what uh, what have you been seeing besides that as far as uh, actual like bucks? You know, like what's the what's the report there in Michigan? Well, uh, a lot of buck activity, despite you know last week around this time. You know, you had that hot weather across a lot of the country. And I took a couple hunts on those hot days in sort of observation type sets and ended up still seeing, you know, good activity. I can't remember if we talked, I guess I, well, I wasn't on last week's episode, but the night before the opener in Michigan, I observed my target buck moving in daylight when I was glassing from a hilltop, uh, you know, probably 45 minutes before dark. And then two days later, like I mentioned, I was out again in an observation stand, safer location because of that hot weather, but still in the game kind of set. And um, saw a three-year-old and a three, maybe four-year-old buck, um, both moving that last half hour around the Oaks. Um, and then on the back 40 hunt, I was just talking about, you know, late, late movement, despite that cold front. I was surprised by that with this front that just moved through, you know, over the weekend, Lots and lots of big deer getting shot all over the place. So I thought, you know, in this terrific habitat in the back 40, we'd be seeing a lot of early movement. And it just didn't happen for us. Um, but what I don't know to what I just said is, like, were they all in the timber on acorns? We don't have big timber and a bunch of acorns in the back 40. So that could have been happening elsewhere. But we did see a mature buck two nights in a row. Um, one of the guys had it come across in front of him at 36 yards. It was just too long of a shot for him to feel comfortable. So he did see, you know, a good buck moving in daylight. And then on last night we saw that same good buck, um, the last like 60 seconds of daylight cruising out of range. Um, so that's a long winded way of saying, you know, both on the warm days and on the great cold weather days, I have been seeing decent bucks moving that last hour of daylight still. Um, and one last thing in my long rambling observation here, I just told you this whole thing about how it seems like the deer king on acorns and not king on the green. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give folks a little tease, a little update on my own personal saga story. So last night I'm thinking I'm getting smart. I'm like, all right, forget these plots. They're king on the acorns. I'm going to go do that thing. I just told you, right. Which is I'm going to punch into this transition area next to bedding where there should be acorns on the hunt that spot. So I did that last night. Well, I get an update on my cell phone camera overnight. Well, I guess it would be, when would it have been? You have that it set on been, like 24 hour uh, update. Is that how you do it? <laughs> so it, it sends right now, this one sends at nine fifteen at night. So I get it sent after dark and then I get one sent um, at like four fifteen in the morning, I have it set on twice, but it's both overnight. I'm not sure why. This particular thing, I need to get updated on it. That is kind of, um, kind of a random spread there. <laughs> well, I, I take that back. That's not how it is. The reason I get the two is that they're different cameras. So I've got some mm. cameras that give me an update at nine fifteen, and some cameras give me an update at four fifteen. That's why this. It's is. not so because get... those are both good spot lighting times of the day. That's not, that's not <laughs> no. Okay, good. I didn't want you on Clay's podcast um, or anything. But uh, what I'm what I'm trying to get at here is last. Last night I'm laying in bed and I get the pictures that showed like everything that happened over the last 24 hours. And what it showed me is that while I was sitting in the acorns, 190 yards away, the Y9 was on my green food plot on the other side of the bedding area oh, in daylight. Dead coming. <clears throat> hey, yeah. That's cool. Um, and, and I'm not, this is actually not me making fun of you. Are you saying green or grain when you say that? Ah, green. Green. Okay, gotcha. My uh, southern those, ears those, aren't too attuned to those little small. Yeah, and those those green plots have mm -hmm. grains in them mm -hmm. as well as other things. So, yeah. so the plots that I have been observing or have cameras on have been uh, blends. All of them actually in the back forty and the other spots I hunt have got some oats, some wheat, some clover, some brassicas, stuff like that. I uh, hunted brassicas on a actually on a piece of public, you know, one of those uh, things that the uh, state plants um, yeah. a couple days ago. Mark, I mean, I know seven of eight is like a better ratio than fourteen of sixteen, but I'm on fourteen of sixteen right now, so you know, I too have done a large amount of hunting. I don't know if that means anything <laughs> to you, know, but uh, that's um, pretty good. Casey. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Tell you the truth of the matter. Glad to be home, but um, you know, I uh, hunted a just pretty much strictly brassica plot. It was, it looked like purple tops and icicle radish or daikon, whatever you want to call them. And, uh, the deer were hammering those things. So that's why I yeah. was interested to hear that you 
um, we're seeing, you know, a little bit of lack of movement on that stuff. But I was in an area that has no oak trees to speak of. So I wonder if go. that has a lot to do with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it probably does, but there's, you know, like so many things, there's always exceptions to the rule and these things change so fast. Um, you know, as soon as I say acorns, they go to green and then I'll be saying, oh, let's go to green. And then they'll be on acorns <laughs> or corn or who knows what. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so, part of the fun of it, right? Is that you, you make the best guess and best prediction you can, but, uh, they keep you guessing. Yeah. So the, you mentioned that, that buck that showed up with like a minute left in light the other day, you, yeah. you said, cruising did you mean like rut cruising or just just walking around getting ready to go somewhere to feed yeah sorry not rut cruising he was just like moving on a mission he was not feeding around he was just on a steady gate walking along this timber edge and actually was walking along the edge of the switchgrass and the timber and then went into the timber Mm. um and had no interest in the food plot that was just 10 yards away from him gotcha okay so things can change pretty quickly right now. We've seen a lot of guys that are starting to find some success right now. We've had a lot of, uh, a lot of the country that's been in cold fronts and that kind of thing. And uh, every day right now, the days are getting shorter. Um, you are a pretty smart guy, and uh, you mentioned something to me that made me feel really <laughs> idiotic the other day. Can you, can you speak to that a little bit? <laughs> I didn't mean I, I wasn't planning on publicly shaming you. No, so. I, I need it. I need it. It's the only way to stay humble, Mark. <laughs> well, I, I've been I listen every week of the Rut Fresh Radio podcast because this thing's great. I thoroughly enjoy the updates. Um, and a couple different weeks, I heard you talking. You know, the guys and big. So you know, is the moon impacting things? Is the weather impacting things? Is the diurnal period impacting things? And like I heard that the first time, and I just thought, oh, he must have misspoke. And yeah. then I heard it again last week. I'm like, I think Tyler is confusing diurnal with photo period. Yeah. Um, and and so I texted you to ask if that was the case, and you're like, oh, yep. Um, <laughs> so what I, I think you've been referring to is photo period, mm-hmm. which is the amount of day in a 24 hour period, and the photo period is basically the thing that is tied to the changes in testosterone levels in deer which changes at a consistent rate throughout the year every year at the same time because that change in daylight is the same every year throughout the year and so that is what leads to a generally consistent timing of peak breeding in most deer herds like outside of those funky places down south um so so that's what photo period is and that's i know what you were referring to yeah what's the diurnal allegedly period? let's say allegedly <laughs> at the end of all that <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> mark it's funny you love uh you love your constants and it's good as a deer hunter to uh to keen on that stuff but it is those little weird things like that that just make you go hmm why if if photo period does mean that much right like why are there these little side trips or whatever but that's what makes it fun because these things are not predictable yep you know you just cannot just figure them out yes yeah. that is the truth yeah the oh, wait, us... you had a question there too Tyler. What was oh, it? i was just gonna i was just gonna see if you knew what the diurnal period was <laughs> well i don't think diurnal period is a thing tyler mm. <laughs> i think you made that up no um, it's not because diurnal <laughs> diurnal Nocturnal animals are animals that are most active at night. Diurnal describes an animal that's most active during the day. Yes. And crepuscular is in the middle. Is that right? Crepuscular would be most active at the edges. So crepuscular would be animals like whitetails that have peak peak activity periods at the edges of daylight. So uh, diurnal, there's a diurnal cycle. Yes. Yes. That is the thing. It, it, do you know what it is? Uh, I think it's the fact that like a diurnal cycle would be something that happens like on a daily basis, like a 24-hour type cycle. Is that look right? at you. You're smart. You're a smart guy. <laughs> I'm glad to know you, man. I'll take these accolades when I can get them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I give them to you, man. We, uh, we're glad to have you back on, man, and to uh, just kind of share your story. Um, and we're sure going to have you on several more times as much as we can. Things get really busy from this point on for all deer hunters and uh, for you mm-hmm. and us as, as well. So uh, we'll try to try to make sure we 
stay in touch on this stuff and uh, get updates from you from the field and that kind of thing going forward. Um, yeah, man. Can I give you a prediction? Can oh, yeah. I would love that. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to say over the next seven days, at least in the areas that I've been looking at in forecast, we've got a pretty consistent weather pattern. It's kind of stagnating now for the next two weeks, at least is what I've seen in my neck of the woods. So we had that really hot weather. We got that first big cold front. I think we had a rush of activity. A lot of people killed deer over the last three or four days. I think it's going to stagnate a little bit with that weather. It's not going to be bad, but we're not going to get this huge burst of new deer activity. I think what we're going to see is a steady increase, right? As photo period would tell us, as that testosterone testosterone level rises over the next week, we're going to continue seeing a little bit more activity, a little more activity as those bucks are slowly edging towards getting that pre-rut action going. So... With that being the case, I'm going to give you a standard Midwest six. Because <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be decent. I think it's going to be decent. I wouldn't expect things to be banging yet, but I think it'll be decent. And if you're on a deer, you certainly have an opportunity. Man, y'all are on your way to be in Canada. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Man, that's a yeah, that's a good prediction for sure. I uh, I'd probably agree with you. You know, like same. Uh, I've seen our trail cameras. Uh, they're on forty eight hour uh, updates, but you know, just to one up you there. But um, mm-hmm. they they have shown a lot of um, increased movement in the last few days. But then uh, I hunted last night um, locally, and we saw hogs, and that was it. Um, well, we saw a couple of does briefly, um, but it was pretty much just that. And then I, I uh, my 48-hour period ended this morning, so I saw my trail cameras this morning that there was no – there was like no deer movement overnight or this morning in daylight at all, which was weird <laughs> because the last few days I've had – I've had day move, or uh, deer movement over the last few days quite like an increased amount. and. Or, or about the same, but more daylight, you know? Yeah. Um, so, anyway, it's just, I, I think you're spot on with that prediction that things are starting to level <clears throat> out and become the new norm. And yeah. we need something different to happen, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. So, yep. but yep. with so this cold you. front, you know, we had uh, a lot of deer die across the country and a lot of hunters that were experiencing really good movement. So, we're going to, we're going to, you know, get a few of those guys on the phone right now and chat with them and see uh, if they have the same prediction. Tyler, who do we got this week? Well, this week we've got several guys from different places in the U.S. We've got Aaron Warbritton there in Iowa. He's been doing some hunting with uh, some of his buddies that do the hunting public stuff. Uh, we got Clay Newcomb in Arkansas. Arkansas with a W at the end. Dakota Long, he's in Texas. He's a good friend of ours. And another good friend of ours, Drew Robbins, down in Alabama, these guys are going to give us reports that are going to hopefully pertain anywhere you're at in the U.S., except maybe the Northeast. Maybe we'll hook you up next next week with that one. Now on the phone, I've got Aaron Warbritton from The Hunting Public. Aaron, you've been up in the Midwest hunting all over the place, Iowa, namely. How's that been looking lately, man? Uh, real good since this uh, cold front. We've had a little, little bit different scenario this year, which is not uncommon. Um, you know, each year is a little bit different. I feel like, uh, and you always have got to hunt situations based on whatever conditions you have in the given moment. But mm-hmm. this time around, uh, we were very, very dry going into the season. So hardly any water, all the intermittent creeks are dry. The only places that uh, deer could get water because I mean, it's been, you know, almost months without any sizable rain sure. has been ponds or, or uh, permanent water like uh, creeks or rivers but all the intermittent streams are dry and what we noticed i mean all the vegetation is dry even there's not much moisture in it Uh, and at this point in the year the crops have dried down also uh deer are living real real close to permanent water Hmm, that's that's been the big key that we found you know even hunting in that real real hot weather during the first week of season it was like 90 degrees and then it fell off and you know, dropped to 30 degrees in that recent cold front. Mm -hmm. And since that cold front, 
the buck sign is just ramp, ramped way up. Mm-hmm. Like they're rub, lots of fresh rubs, lots and lots of fresh scrapes since that cold front came around. Mm-hmm. So we were just driving home from South Dakota this past weekend, and uh, there's a lot of harvest happening, which seems early to me. How has that drought affected the crops, and do you think they're pulling stuff out um, earlier than normal? I think they are, but that's probably just based on uh, the lack of rainfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and the yields this year are, are poor in a lot of areas from the drought. But, yeah, we're seeing the same thing. Uh, crops are coming out. For whatever reason, though, we've seen decent acorn crop. Um, you know, it depends on the area that you're at. I was at one area the other day. And there was gobs and gobs of white oak and red oak acorns on the ground and deer were smoking them. And then I went 30 minutes down the road and there was very few acorns in, you know, a swath of timber that we worked through. So it's it's hit or miss, but there's definitely on acorns. And that's where we've been finding lots of buck sign and lots of uh, fresh scrapes and stuff. Hadn't seen a lot of scraping activity until this recent front, but then... Uh, Really, really ramped up. Had a nice buck come by working scrapes just two nights ago. So, so would you, would you like, if you're looking into the next week, would you suggest uh, checking scrapes out, maybe hanging cameras over them or, or even hunting them on an afternoon that you get off? Oh, for sure. I love hunting scrapes, especially during bow season. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it puts a deer on a spot, you can set up well with the, you know, downwind of the scrape. In a lot of situations, you can wait for the deer to get there. You can, uh, you know, it gives you a really good high odds chance at killing a deer. You can put yourself within 20 yards of them. You can wait for the deer to get there and start working the scrapes. You can come to full draw and then wait for your opportunity. Mm-hmm. They don't work every time, obviously. If you're just walking along the edge of an ag field and you're finding 10, 15 fresh scrapes there, that's pretty good ways from any sort of uh, secure bedding area. I wouldn't fool with those. I'd put cameras over those. But if you're finding scrapes back in the timber, you know, on a secluded oak flat or something like that, uh, especially close to permanent water this year, I would be looking at that pretty hard here in the next few days. If um, if you see a if you see a storm come through and you're in one of those dry areas right now that that the deer are using that water heavily. Does, does that knock them off those water patterns you feel like? Are you more apt to go back to scrapes where they might be freshening stuff up, or or uh, what do you think? Uh, jury's still out on that one. I don't yeah. know. I'm kind of waiting for that to happen and see. Yeah. Because uh, like I said at the, at the beginning, every year is a little bit different. Um, and I think just because it's been so dry for so long right now, there's very little like succulent green food sources other than natural browse because that stuff – that stuff's got deep roots and it pulls moisture from, from lower than a lot of, you know, grasses or even food plot crops. Um, so I don't know. I mean, everything is just so, so dry that we've noticed that that's where all the deer are concentrated at Mm -hmm. is anywhere close to permanent water. And in, and when we're close to permanent water, we're finding a lot of scrapes and rubs because that's where that's obviously where the bucks are. I mean, we target those areas on a year when it's not dry just because big bucks often will put themselves in a spot real close to permanent water as far as your bedding area choice will go. Uh, but that's especially evident this year when it's really, really dry and they can't because there's there's the moisture content in the browse that they're eating right now is so low that they they've got to have some sort of permanent water source close by i mean we sat a pond the other day that was real close to a parking lot on public land that gets pounded and i think ted saw eight or nine deer man that sounds like a good hunt for early in the season dude i'm glad they all already on them that hard if you were looking forward to the next week i need you if you would to rank what you expect the buck movement to be like on a scale of one to ten Oh, man, I don't know. Depends on where you're at. Well, southern <laughs> Iowa, give me that one. That's what I need to know. Well, it even depends on where you're at in the in the woods, um, you know, your situation. How tight are you to the bedding? But I would say overall it's going to be pretty good. I would I, – I, if I had my choice, I'd be hunting cold fronts in October over any other time. Mm-hmm. So I would say seven or eight, especially if we get a really good front here 
later part of this week. Ooh, man, that's a pretty exciting time, man. It's uh, seven or eight in Southern Iowa is about as good as it gets. So uh, that's a, a good time to get out there, and I'm sure y'all will. Dude, I appreciate the report. Thanks. No problem, man. On the phone, I have got Meat Eater's own Arkansas's native son, Clay Newcomb. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, KC. Doing just great. That's good, man. Well, I know you've been doing a little whitetail hunting. In fact, we were talking uh, mid-hunt this past week. We were both giving each other some, uh, you know, a little bit of encouragement. And uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to see how that went for you, man. How has the hunting been there in Arkansas? Man, I I have got a fresh load of not great news from the whitetail Newcomb world down here. I um I have I've not I, I've not had a real great season so far. Just man, hadn't been seeing, hadn't been finding much buck sign. Hadn't been getting pictures of many deer, which usually I am mm-hmm. this time of year. Getting pictures of deer over feed sometimes. Getting pictures of deer over mock scrapes and different stuff. And I, I don't really understand it completely, mm-hmm. but I have not. Uh, I, I, I actually didn't even hunt much this last weekend because I, I just was a little just kind of waiting. You know, I, yeah, I've got sure. spots that I, I don't want to bombard too much until i'm pretty confident that there's a deer there that i want to kill and Mm. i can kill him and so i I spent this last weekend which was an incredible cold front you know october's first cold front i know a lot of guys here that killed good deer this weekend but i was not one of them Hmm. so yeah that's uh it's it's tough but you know i understand that the patient game is is good you and i were talking about some bear hunting you've been doing up there and uh, you were targeting acorn ridges. Do you think that the acorns are having an impact on uh, the whitetails where you're at as well? Well, that's that's part of the deal. Is I've not really found. I've yet to really find big concentrations of of acorns, and usually that's the that's the bear story. If you can find the acorns, you can find the bears. But uh, but. It, I think some of the acorns are holding a little longer than they usually do. They're not falling, mm-hmm. but also there are just not as many here in the places where I'm at. I've not found a lot of acorns. Hmm. We're, we're kind of seeing so. the same thing, Clay, uh, down here where we're at in, in East Texas. Um, now, as far as, you know, playing the playing the slow game and being conservative, are you, are you waiting on something in particular? Are you waiting on just stuff to show up on trail camera? Are you working, well, waiting on conditions or what? Okay, so the specifics of my situation this year is I lost a farm, that a big farm for me that I've had access to for 20 years, which has kind of locally allowed me. It's I, I didn't realize how good I had it until it was gone. Um, and I, so I lost a, like 90% of my hunting ground mm. and I relied on it so much that I just didn't have a lot of other stuff built up. Now I, and also because I had this private, I have not invested a ton in local public land hunting. Okay. Mm. It's a complicated story, boys. (laughs) Um, And I, and I, and, and so, but the 10% of the remaining private permissions that I have are small properties. So basically I woke up to this year and it's like, I have a couple of very small properties that I'm hunting that I have had to be conservative, had to be conservative in because they're so small. Mm -hmm. If that answers your question, Tyler. Yeah. So, and there's just not, there's one good deer that I've got on camera and nothing fancy. I mean, like a 125 inch deer probably, which I would, I would hunt him like a Boone and Crockett and I will, but I have just not really got him on pattern. I've got him on camera two or three times randomly, no pattern. Mm -hmm. And it's a small property. So it's not like I can go, well, I know where he's bedding or I'm going to go over on this Ridge and see if I can find him over there. It's kind of like, he's either on my place or he's not, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so that's why I found myself being conservative, but losing the, losing the public, has pushed me back to kind of my roots of local hunting, which is I, I, I did go on some uh, public land. Now, I, 
It's a long story. I, I do <laughs> hunt public land every year in Arkansas a long ways from my house. Yeah. Okay, yep. that's all I'll say. All right. Like, I, I travel and hunt public. Yeah, I would say home. any public I hunt's way away from my house, too. It's the way, it's the, <laughs> definitely the thing to say, you know. Nowhere near home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Looking at the weather, we, we you know, the moon's kind of going away. It's going to be kind of low. I don't know if you think about that much, but we have fairly monotonous weather coming up for like even the 10 day forecast. There's a little bit of a front, I think, this weekend, um, but it's, you know, we're looking at a real similar stretch of days through here with that being said thinking about the acorn situation and what you have to hunt what do you think the buck movement's going to be like on a scale of one to ten over the next week mm, probably like a five um i mean i don't I, I think the the middle of october for where i'm at has never been great it feels like to me you know, after about the 20th of October, anything could happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have a buck on a doe that is, you know, I mean, a doe in heat. Uh, it's, it seems like, you know, that, 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 and, and that causes bugs to be moving around a lot more to me, the 20th of October here in Northwest Arkansas is the time to start getting serious and to start being less conservative in terms of like, now's the time to hunt your good stuff the next 10 days i mean i, I i'll hunt anytime <clears throat> that i get a chance mm -hmm. and anything could happen i was just talking to some guys today that last may not have been last year may have been two years ago but on october the 14th they saw a giant buck locked down on a doe i mean like straight up she was in heat he was i mean it was it would you'd have thought it was november the 4th you how know? about that and that was on October 14th. And I think feels like in this part of the world, we're seeing kind of these longer ruts. I don't know if that's anecdotal and not real, but it, it feels like anything could happen a little sooner, but yeah. I don't anticipate if I was waiting for days to take off, I wouldn't take off. Gotcha. You know, after the 20th of October. Well, that's here. The, the quality information we need there, sir. Clay Newcomb of Arkansas Buck Truck fame, where we hunted <laughs> together down in, in Arkansas with Clay on some public ground. Clay, we appreciate the insight, sir, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. Can't wait to see how your season unfolds. Well, I've been enjoying seeing how y'all's has, has unfolded, and it's been good, so Good job to y'all. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now. And if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some meat eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls because I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand... One of my main turkey hunting buddies. He loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today. On the phone, I got to Dakota Long with Cotton Creek Outdoors. He's been doing some hunting down in Texas. What's up, dude? Hey, KC. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. You're welcome, man. You know, actually, from where we sit, you're up in Texas because you're a little further north than us. Not a whole lot, but I think that the general public doesn't realize how big the country of Texas is. It's a monster <laughs> place. Uh, it's almost like we're neighbors and we're three hours apart. So, um, dude, I was scrolling social the other day. 
and I saw a big giant buck, and I saw a big old smile from you right behind him the other day. You shoot, shot you a big one, dude. Yes, sir. Yeah, he was he was a really cool buck. Is is my biggest deer to date, and it was uh it was pretty. I made a bad shot on him, but hey, that's part of bow hunting. Sometimes we 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 recovered him though. That's great, man. I'm glad you got him. So, uh, what tactic were you using hunting that deer? So, uh, you know, we're, we're hunting over like uh, gravity fed protein feeders out that way. So mm-hmm. it's more of a feed, a feeding situation on, uh, on our side. And then, um, but the deer hadn't been hitting it as much. Um, everything's kind of starting to change as you guys probably have seen with mm-hmm. cameras and that kind of stuff. It's they're they're going to the woods that I've seen, or, uh, they've been hitting locust trees a lot, eating those, those beans. Mm-hmm. And, um, they just been inconsistent on feeders, uh, the bachelor groups are really starting to break up from what I can tell. Um, they're not, you'll still see bucks together. They're not really fighting. Some of the young bucks are, are kind of sparring, but, um, it's, they're, they're really not consistent on the feed anymore. At least the mature deer aren't. Yeah. So I, I actually saw a truck and a picture this morning of a deer eating a locust bean pod, which is interesting. You mentioned that, um, do you guys have live oaks out there where you're at? Uh, yeah, there's a few, uh, it's, it's, there's not a whole bunch, but there is some, yes, sir. Do they, are they dropping and are you seeing any deer hitting them? Yeah. So, uh, the, the ones we seen actually the night I killed my buck, there were some younger deer that actually, uh, went over to, uh, I guess it was a live oak, but it was kind of a low hanging one. And he stood up on his back feet and was shaking those limbs and getting that, those, uh, those acorns to fall. That's and cool. they That's stood awesome. over there for 15 or 20 minutes before they ever came over and, to the the feeder what are the chances that he's browsing leaves off that thing too yeah there, there's a very good chance of it yeah and it at first i thought he was making a scrape and i was like no he's not making a scrape he's shaking that tree and getting acorns off mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. would you say that there are more deer that are eating off those acorn trees off those live oaks um or or around them or there's more deer that are coming to the protein feeders uh, so i think it's it's a little mixture of both because it's a like every third day those mature deer will come back to the the feeders but they're they're staying in the timber i mean they don't have to go anywhere mm-hmm. yeah has the cool front affected the deer movement yes yep. yes i've seen a lot more does on cameras and uh they're really i don't i don't think they're they're packing up quite yet but they're they're not as consistent as they were on their like summer feeding patterns that's for sure mm-hmm. yeah so if you were looking forward you know the the weather for Texas, at least where we're at, is really monotone for like the next 10 days. Is that what you're kind of seeing as well, or do y'all have some fronts going out there a little further west? Yeah, we got uh, one front coming in, I think, uh, like Friday night is what it's looking like. And then uh, by Monday, it's going to be kind of back up in the 80s. So I think it's going to be maybe get a couple good days of some some bucks like hitting, you know, a food source. Mm-hmm. or it's gonna, uh, And then I think it's going to kind of – just mellow out and you're going to be kind of seeing the same younger deer for a few days and those when it warms back up i feel like those those big bucks they'll kind of you know stay stagnant for a little bit yeah Mm -hmm. so with that looming i suppose you got kind of like a little bit of a window there looking at the next week if you had to rank what you thought buck movement would be like on a scale of one to ten what would you say it is for texas for the next week i would i would give it a seven I don't think I think I think you're going to still see some some big some big bucks moving and and a lot of younger bucks moving for sure. How about that, man? That's a good. Uh, that makes me want to go get in the woods right now. <laughs> well, not right now, but this weekend. If you say that, that sounds about all right to me. I feel like we're going to get you know uh, in the it's looking in the upper 40s in the in the like Friday night I think. Mm-hmm. So I think that Saturday is really going to get their the deer on their feet and then the, and it'll kind of back off you know as the beginning of next week starts. But I feel like it's really. Really going to give him a good push, I hope. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for the report. Really appreciate it. And hope you have a good rest of the season, dude. You bet. I appreciate y'all. I got our friend Drew Robbins. He's been hunting in Alabama. What's going on, dude? Man, not, not much, brother. Just trying to take advantage of this uh, cold weather. It's cooler weather that just moved in. And so we're been excited about that. And so uh, hoping to get out a couple more times in the next couple weeks and try to get something else down on the ground. That's cool, man. So, you know, we are Southern brethren, and around here we call them cool fronts because it ain't really cold yet. Do you say that <laughs> no. where you're at too? Well, we we call them cold fronts. Um, well, good. Just, just from, and, and so, but, I mean, you know, y'all are 
you know, Texas brethren over there, you know, 80 from 90 to 85 is a cool hey, front man, for y'all. You 15 know, so. degrees. Well, anyway, look at it, you know, so, um, have y'all been out getting after deer pretty good already? Yeah. Yeah. We've been out and, uh, just been keen in on some, uh, uh, you know, just, just the traditional early season, um, uh, you know, acorns and, uh, we, we had a really wet summer. And so, um, in our neck of the woods, it seems like we have a really good, uh, bumper crop of, um, acorns this year. And so that's what we've been keen in, in on guys that I know have been keen in on is, is that stuff right there. So, do you guys have like uh, that kind of traditional American white oak or you using you seeing a lot of different stuff dropping in your area? Normally it's the uh, white oaks that are, that are early season. And then once you get um, a little bit later, uh, you know, the red oaks will start dropping. Um, and so, but um, that's, that's what we mostly key on is a uh, white oak, but that's also because we have, that's the majority of the oaks around here sure. is that. So are, and they, so are they deer using them right now? Pretty heavy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're seeing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's a double-edged sword um, in the sense of if you can find the one that they are about, then man, you have a really good chance of, of, of at least seeing deer, but also harvesting. But also since we had such a wet summer, like I said, they don't have to travel very far. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have, we have quite a few of the, of, of the oaks up in our area. And so maybe in South Alabama and in South Georgia might, might not be as much, but we have a lot of oaks up here. And so, um, so they don't have to travel as much, which makes it a little bit more difficult. But like I said, if you can find that one, man, you're, you're in the chips. So we were talking to Mark Kenyon earlier and he said that the acorns are affecting the movement they're seeing on like food plots and stuff. Have you noticed any of that? Are you seeing less movement on food plots? Are they still hitting the green fields and stuff like that? Yeah, um, they're 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 hitting the greenfields just a little bit. Um, I actually sat over a greenfield opening day, or open, opening afternoon, I should say, and uh, uh, I, I killed a doe. But it's not near as what it was as compared to last year. Um, just for example, um, I got a couple cameras on some food plots that that I lease and have permission on. And man, we were getting slammed last year with uh, with does, and this year it's not nearly as much. And so, because they're they're on the mopes hard right now. So being down in the southern part of the U.S., you have a later rut, I'm assuming, uh, at least in part of your state. Does that mean that the technical early season uh, patterns last longer as well? Correct, yeah. We, we're we seeing down here, and, I mean, you know, the, the early season pattern um, could last into, you know, uh, 1st of November, um, but it's also unique mm-hmm. here because – we also have rut activity around that time as well. And mm-hmm. so, um, uh, but really once you get that first real good frost, and I'm, I'm talking about like real good one, that's kind of when, and at least what I've seen, the early season patterns really start to dissipate. And then they start to, they start to spar a little bit and start to kind of fill their oats. Some. And so we, we had a nice cold front uh, move in this, this past weekend and um, dropped it down and, and it was in the low forties. But uh, traditionally, it'll get back hot again or, or warmer, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll have another real good one in the first of, of November. And that's re- re- when we really see them start to break up and really start to spar a little bit and lay down a, a lot more buck sign is when we get that first good frost. Gotcha. So in the next week, um, thinking about variables that could deal with weather or uh, – the photo period or maybe even food sources changing or, or whatever it might be, maybe the moon. What do you predict the buck movement to be like on a scale of one to 10 in the next week or so? One to 10, I would probably say a five. Um, just, uh, yeah, just middle, middle there, there of the road, just coming off a, uh, what I would call probably like a seven, you know, of the past week. Um, the, it's going to warm up some also it's, it's, it's weird because, uh, the reason that they're also not hitting food plots is a lot of guys don't have food plots down in the ground yet because we haven't had a whole lot of rain once the calendar hits September. Mm-hmm. So we got a ton during the summer. Um, and then once it hit, uh, you know, um, uh, September, which I know for some of the Southern States, that's the openers. Um, we didn't, we didn't get a whole lot of rain here in Alabama. So, that's another reason we're not seeing a whole lot of activity on, on Greenfield. So I would say, man, uh, a, just an average five, you know, just average hunt mm-hmm. week. 
Gotcha. Well, thanks for the report, man. I look forward to seeing what you put down on the ground this year, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, fellas. See you. After listening to these guys, I am pumped to go deer hunting. Man, it's here, guys. Power. It is dadgum deer season, as we like to say around here. Uh, you can get out there and chase them around with a boat about near anywhere in the country now. So it's an exciting time to be a hunter. It's an exciting time, a good time to be alive. Uh, there's a great country and western song by Travis Tritt that had a lot to do with that at one point in time. Mm. Might be the what we need to listen to on the way to the stand next time. Mm-hmm. If you need to feel inspired... And you've done listening to Travis, and but you want to maybe watch something. You need to go check out the latest and greatest episode of Buck Truck. It's from Texas, our very own home state. There was a Texas report here. Um, and Mark Kenyon, who also was in the intro today, was on that hunt as well. Uh, Mark um, elects to make a decision on a buck in that video. You need to go watch it and see if it was the right or wrong decision. Let us know what you think on that. Also, um, the last episode of One Week in November should be live on the Meat Eater channel as well. Uh, So go check that out if you haven't. Um, And that's what I know, guys. It's Rut Fresh. It is time to get out and hunt some deer. This has been Rut Fresh. Keep it fresh. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls. I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like them. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today.